everyone. Welcome to Seas of Change's next episode of Ocean Views. We are so, so excited to welcome our next guest, Caitlin. Um, can you please introduce yourself and what you do? Hi, I'm Caitlin. Um, I'm from Jamaica and I'm 18 years old. I co-founded our NGO in Jamaica called Clean Up Our Acts and what we do is try and get teens to be involved or well Jamaicans to be involved in environmental change and give them an avenue that they are allowed to work towards um, changing the environment. So we give them the, the everything that they would need to do what they want to do with the environment or help the environment however they want to. Great, I'm so excited to hear the rest of what you have to say throughout this interview. Nice to meet you. But our second question is, how do you balance being in high school, university and your conservation work? Are you in high school, university? I just graduated high school, so yes. <gasps> Ooh. It was hard. We started uh, Clean Up Our Act when my year, so my year is the year that's now leaving high school. So we started it in last year, April, if I remember correctly. So we were just finishing our, what we call our lower sixth year of high school. And of course that's a bit stressful because we have COVID has affected the exam schedule a little bit, which means it's, a, it's just a little bit easier, but it's also that much harder because we have that much more schoolwork to do. But it's also that much easier just because we don't have exams stressing us. So we have exams now, but at that point in time, it was easier to balance doing the work and being in the field and also recruiting people. So we did all of our recruitment last year and we did a lot of field work last year and we reached out to a lot of people last year. So we got a lot of our sponsors last year when we had the time to do so. Oh yeah, no, that makes like total sense. Obviously like COVID had its benefits and its, you know, downsides, obviously. So obviously you started your... NGO last year but how did you become you know interested in environmental con conservation like beforehand maybe or was it like a big moment of realization or kind of like a gradual thing over time? I was born into an environmental family so my mom is environmentally driven my grandfather is my grandmother is my uncle runs our well he used to run our marine biology lab in Discovery Bay in Jamaica and we have so many different things so my grandfather actually founded Oddpem in Jamaica, which is um, the Office of Disaster Preparedness and Emergency Management. And that's basically just anything with earthquakes, tsunamis, anything like that, they handle all of that. Mom found a JIEP, which I don't remember what it stands for right now, which is not good, but it's an environmental organization that does a lot in Jamaica. So I, I was literally born into everything. From birth, we were doing composting, we were recycling plastic, we were doing everything that we could to make sure that we were taking care of the environment in any way that we could. So it was more about me finding my own passion because I knew I loved working for the environment and I knew I loved helping the environment, but I didn't want to do it in ways that have already been done. And I didn't want to do it in ways that have already been done in my family. So I found my own way to do it and I found what was the best for me and the best for those around me so that I could not only help myself, but allow other people to be impacted by what I'm doing. So it was a from birth thing. That's amazing. Wow. So like 
your story is incredible, but obviously your family has had a really big impact on you. But has like living in Jamaica, growing up in Jamaica, has that impacted your journey or what you chose to focus on? Jamaica is unfortunately not very environmentally inclined, even though we are an island and we really should be. And tourism is our biggest income, like um, income factor. Um, but we aren't as environmentally involved as we should be so it was more about trying to figure out how I could help Jamaica especially um, do something with the environment and not only just help them but push them so I wanted to focus on something that was not only teen-led but also teen-driven so it would be teens coming up would be continuing on the legacy so that it's not something that is going to die off in one instant and that we can continue it through the years so it was supposed to be or it is what it's not supposed to be, it is something that we want more teens to be involved with so that they can carry it on and it can live on and it can create the change that we want to create so I think definitely the impact of Jamaica not being environmentally driven has helped has pushed me especially growing up with who I grew up with has pushed me to want to do more with the environment just because there needs to be something done. I totally agree. And I think that that um, kind of like sustainable way of thinking of um, thinking about, you know, not just us now, but the future teenagers that will be also facing the same issues or hopefully less issues, but will still be carrying on that kind of same mindset. That's amazing. And I didn't really think about it that way. So that was really eye-opening for me. But did you have any... Um, current or upcoming projects coming up that you would like to share? Clean Up Act is basically an ongoing project. So one thing that we try and accomplish is, as I said, creating avenues for other people to, to, to do their own environmental work. So uh, we've adopted members and those members now have the ability to create their own campaigns under our um, NGO. So some of them are going to continue doing beach cleanups. Some of them have started tree planting. Some of them want to do a thrift store. So cleanup act is a name that they will be under, but they will be in charge of doing their thrift store or doing their beach cleanup. We are just going to give them the publicity that they need so that they can do that. And we will give them the people that they need so that they can do that because we have the information. Um, it's so for now as of right now what we are working on or what we are working towards is definitely a summer thrift store because that's we as we are an ngo an ngo we do need the money and one of those ways that we're going to get that is not only from sponsorships but also making it for ourselves for example in thrift stores or bottle drives bake sales anything like that stuff that's not only going to be put back into our company but we can use for other things um, that can help us move forward so thrift store, composting with the zoo. I live very close to our um, Paris Zoo. I can literally hear the lions roaring um, and they do not have composting. So it's terrible because they have animals that they feed daily and they cut up all these vegetables and just throw them in the trash. So they don't have composting, but they have a farm. So I don't know how those two correlate, but we're trying to work on something with that. So those are the two main projects that we are currently working towards. Wow, that's that's honestly such a creative way, like you know, to 
fuel other people do you know like you're not just focused on like what you guys are doing but like they can find their kind of avenue and you're kind of just giving them a platform to do it which I think is like amazing obviously you've talked about how you know you were able to recruit people through the whole impact of a COVID last year during exams and everything like that but how else has COVID affected how you were? Before starting Clean Up Our Act I had wanted to do something for the environment I'm as I said I'm very environmentally driven so I decided to do a beach cleanup that was just for myself with a bunch of my friends a bunch of family members anybody who could attend at anybody at all who could attend came and from there, I realized that not only do beach cleanups have the outside factor, but they have the distance factor. So you do not have to be in the same space as somebody and you're not sharing any germs. You can have your mask off because it is going to be hot outside. We are, we are tropical. We are at the beach. It's going to be hot. You can have your mask off. You can be six feet apart or much further apart. And you're not going to get infected in any way because there's no contact with anybody else. So I wanted to try and continue that. And of course, with Cleanup Act, our first campaign, which was the easiest one to start, was the, the um, beach cleanups. So I, I think COVID really helped us start up and pushed us to start up because we had the easy, easy access to the beach cleanups. And then moving on from there, we did tree plantings, which has the same factors of distance and outside and um, no shared spaces. And if you're doing something, you step back, let the person do it, and then you go do what you're doing. So I think it's also given us time to just kind of step back and look at what we're doing. Because normally on uh, World Ocean Day or environmental day stuff like that you have beach cleanups already but people just go to them unconsciously and they don't really put any thought into it with our cleanups we want people to know that they are doing something and know where the, their garbage is going and know that we're going to do something next with their garbage so as of right now we're collecting bottle caps we're going to do a mural so they know that it's that not only are they doing something for us but they're doing something and they're beautifying somewhere else in their work. So I think it's helped us push and create new limits on what is already there. That's incredible. And like, you have this amazing story behind what you do and you've done so much incredible things. So this might be a little bit of a hard question, but what is your proudest moment on this journey or your favorite memory from this journey? I think so far, our first cleanup, because of course it's new, has had the greatest turnout. We uh, had over 120 people showing up. We had over 30 bags of trash. We cleaned over 100 meters of beach and collected over, um, I think, 200 bottles, plastic bottles. So that is one of those memories that is one, it's our first cleanup ever, and we had that much of a turnout. And two, the collaboration with everybody. So people are making teams and you see them making friends as they go along the beach saying hi, and um, just just interacting with people, which I always want to see, especially with something like this, where you need the interaction, because it's not only team based, it's an NGO. So it's going to be very small, you need that outreach. And I think that's one of those moments where I, 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 I step back, and I look at it, me and my co founder will step back and look at it and go that was incredible. We did that. We put that on, we made that happen. So I think that's definitely has to be it. That sounds amazing. And I'm 
I wish I could have been there to see the amazing turnout. I mean, a hundred people and so many bags of trash. That's so amazing. And of course that was only your first one. So I'm sure all the other beach cleanups you've done have been equally as great, but kind of on the flip side, what have been some of the challenges you face? Kind of, we've talked about COVID, but besides from COVID, how have you learned from these challenges and how have you overcome them? Well, in doing our cleanups, we do it every two months. So in doing that it that often, we learn that there are pros and cons to doing certain things. So our first cleanup, it was just a huge cleanup. That was three hours, three to four hours. As of right now, we are doing what I like to call tiered cleanups. So it's one hour and 30 minutes. You have a 30 minute window of which people can um, relax, eat, get all of their trash into one location and leave. It also helps with COVID. Um, so it's, it's and then you have the next group coming in and then they'll leave in 30 minutes and then you have the next group so it's three different groups coming in with 30 people each 30 um, people each so about three teams each because it's 10 people per team um i think the challenge the, the challenges that we've uh, hmm, that's a hard question i think other than that we are really working on collaboration so we are all teams we are all in school it's hard for us to continuously be working on cleanup act because we have school as well um especially when we're in exams so like our half of our admins staff right now are in exams so as much as we're trying to work towards something it has to be put on a standby or half our team has to take up the extra load as of right now so we're still trying to figure out our balance and we're still trying to figure out how we work together and what happens when two people can't do what they need to do or when other people kind of just disappear so it's 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 also hard because as teens you know we're kind of flaky sometimes with texting back <laughs> so it's 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 really hard with communication as well and then finding out that adults don't really not finding out we already knew but the realization that adults really don't trust us that they really don't see that we know what we're doing and that we have something that can actually do something and that we have the initiative and we have the passion and we have the drive and we want to make a change, but they're not going to focus on that. They're going to focus on, oh, you're 17, you're 18. You aren't even in upper six. You haven't done CSEC yet. Cause we have members as low as, as, as young as 12 years old. I think there's maybe one that's eight, but that's one person. They're not going to look at us and see somebody who knows what they we're doing. We have to prove ourselves, which means that not only are we going to have to rise through other NGOs that are already there, but we're going to have to work through the adults and we're going to have to work through other things. So we are at the bottom of the food chain right now. And that's one of the biggest challenges because then we don't get the publicity that we need and we don't get what we deserve, the respect that we deserve for what we're doing. So, and I think working to overcome that has been hard. And I think the only thing that's really, really helped us is that my mom knows people and she's knows a lot of people at that. And especially in the environmental world, she's a big name, as same as my uncle. My uncle is a big name. I went to summer camps for the past maybe eight years I was the first attendee to that summer camp. I've met those people and they know me, so they know that I'm working. So it's only because of links that we have any progress this far. 
and that we have the support that we have. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, like it's hard being youth in like this field, especially like when it comes to the, like environment con- conservation. So in your opinion, just going off kind of like about youth and everything, how powerful do you believe the voices of youth are? We're the voices of tomorrow. That's we are the ones that are going to be carrying on everything that they've handed to us. So either we're making a change or making it worse. So I've one of my slogans that I always use for Clean Up Our Act is that we're paying our rent for living on the earth. We need to give back. We need to make a change because we are the ones that are going to need to do that to actually see the results because nobody else is. And as much as they try to fix what they broke, it's not going to happen in their lifetime. It's gonna, it might happen in ours or it may not even happen in ours, but at least we can influence the younger generations to start that change because they have not influenced us. So it starts from us and it starts from the youth and it starts from those who can bring that power towards the younger generations. And I think that the youth really, really should, like when, when we all band together, we do have a powerful voice. And as much as people may not think that, over time, you realize that when we speak, we may not have been heard the first time, but because we're stubborn, we are persistent. So it's a lot harder for them to ignore us because of that. And that's, I think, one of our greatest strengths, especially Gen Z. Gen Z especially is very stubborn, which means that we are very persistent and we are not going to let anybody make us fold just because of their own beliefs. We're going to let our beliefs be heard loud and proud. So I, I believe that we, we genuinely have something here that we can push forward and we can create a change. And I'm looking forward to seeing just the start of that because we might not even see the start in our um, lifetime, but just seeing the start of that is the reward that I'm waiting for. I love that. That's amazing. And I think like, you know, like just listening to you speak this last um, little bit like you're so eloquent and like you know exactly what you're talking about like your purpose is just so clear and your drive so it's just been amazing to hear that and also just a testament to the fact that you are these amazing people who can um, do anything despite their age um, so thank you for sharing your story with us but I guess to lead into our final question it is what is would be your advice to someone who is an aspiring change maker what would be your advice to them don't wait as much as it's intimidating to start and make that first step don't wait you can you can even do it in your own home literally change starts from in your backyard if you just do a compost bin if you start recycling a plastic bottle just make just make the change basically i know that Steph and I with the Ocean Heroes, definitely, we had that avenue and we had their support for making our own campaigns. So I know Clean Up Our Act was definitely supported by Ocean Heroes. So if you can even find something like that, like them, where they will help you with what you're doing, but they won't instruct you to do what they want you to do. So they let you do what you want and they they will follow through with your dream because they're not going to... To, to, to push you to do what they think is right. They'll let you do the trial and error and they will let you learn, which is always something that's good. You need to learn. So I think that those who want to make a change should start, just do it. Literally, Nike it if you want. Um, don't make it be something that sits down and festers in your brain for such a long time that you don't know what you're doing anymore. And if you need to start big and then 
narrow it down as you go along do that but just start it don't wait until it's going to just simmer down and not going to be passionate about it anymore keep that passion going because if you don't feed that passion if you don't feed the flame with oxygen it's not going to stay so you need to keep that passion going so do it and do it strong and start out strong find people who you know you can trust and find a group of people who will support you in what you're doing and who are not going to just let you sit down and suffer in silence a support team is something that's very beneficial especially as as youth because we don't have the support of others around us already so you need to find it for yourself so make that yeah do do what you need to do to start but do it yes I love that such such powerful advice just to go do it it is so scary but you know like so many people like yourself have done it before so thank you and thank you for taking the time out of your day to share your incredible story with us and we're hoping that your story will help inspire so many other people to get involved and also make a change so thank you for that of course thank you guys for having me